Did we do our testies? Yeah, I did. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to leave it. Okay. Hello, Hi, Babylonians. Babylonians. Hi, humans of the interwebs and things. Yep. have been with us for a long time even from the beginning and we cannot say thank you enough and I know a lot of you have been asking a lot lately how do you make your own podcast well it's simple I use anchor Anchor anchor.fm which is the website or there is an app or you can go on your computer whatever you want to do it's the easiest way Um, it is run through Spotify so that is one of the first uh, platforms that you'll be able to distribute your podcast out onto and there's lots of different it'll stream to at least I think 10 different platforms or more um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown about how it works anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer so no matter where your setup is like you can start creating today today and tell me what your podcast name is because you know I'm gonna listen Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I know a lot of you have been asking for video. Don't worry, I'm working on it. With Anchor, creators can earn money, yes, yes, you heard that right, in a variety of ways, including ads like this one and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. That's what sold me even though it didn't have to sell me because it's free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy listening. Wherever you listen to us. Uh, Nicole's tired, guys. I'm Sorry. so tired. She's tired. Being pregnant's dumb. I don't know if it's dumb, but, you know. It's exhausting. We'll put that. <laughs> but I'm still leaving. Sometimes it is dumb. We're recording on Easter Sunday night. So, so happy Zombie Jesus Day. Happy Zombie Jesus. Happy. Um, this is a uh, national orgy day. And According to the pagan religions, this is all about spring new life and having sex. So mission accomplished on my end. I'm hey. ahead of the game. Hey, I'm, I'm not. So let's hurry up so I can get home. We have. Hi-o. Okay. <laughs> we have an audience member. Hi, Jacob. Hello. Hey, you heard him. You there, heard it. He's real. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Hey, so we apparently have Okay, a... so we've got a couple things. So my mom reached out to her wonderful friend, John, who lives in Wyoming. Hey, Johnny boy. Hi. Thank you for listening. So that means we have officially reached ears in all 50 of the United States. That's my tired. Well, this is really going to be a lame podcast. I'm not but used no, it's to your just, energy being so low. I know, it's crazy. I'm just, work was, I think, drained me. I think this pregnancy is, <laughs> is kicking my ass. Gonna be, he really is. Oh, man. I'm going to lay the microphone on you as, as the months continue. <laughs> just going to lay on the couch and twitch. No, but it's, yeah, but John from Wyoming, my mom's good friend, she reached out to him and she's like, hey, 
my daughter and daughter-in-law have a podcast and they need a <laughs> listener in Wyoming. So, and who knows, maybe he'll fall in love with us and hey. just listen to us. So, John, I'm going to make sure that you for sure listen to this episode. So, John, thank you so, so, so much. You. Yes. Um, and definitely play us while you do your driving job because I think that'd be hilarious to have a true crime podcast when someone gets in your car. <gasps> Because I did that once with uh, when I was driving that my dad does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy was like, this is actually really interesting. You can't. I really, yeah. It gets like, you can hooked. we drive around a little longer so yeah. I can finish this episode? And I'm like, yes, because I get paid more. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He was it was a kid. He was like my age. He was really nice. And um, he's like, this is actually really cool. And I'm like, well. That's what we do when our kids hit, get in the car when we go clean the Legion. Yeah. We have our podcast playing. Well, not ours, but the podcast I don't listen that Vincent and I listened uh, to. I record it. I used to I listen in the beginning because I was like, oh, listens, listens, listens. But now we have all you wonderful people in the world. Speaking of that, we have a listener now in Indonesia. Hey. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? So that puts us in 46 countries. Thank you. All 50 United States plus uh, the District of Columbia because... That's separate. It's listed separate on the United or the yeah the United. The States. United. This is gonna be great. All right. I should have had soda. Well, you want some of my diet Mountain Dew? No. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had like a case of that at work that's just been sitting there, and I'm like, I want to check the dates, and I may just leave with I it tomorrow. I would totally be okay with you checking the dates, and yeah, if it's not expired, bringing it to me. Yeah. Because I drank expired. Spi- yep. See, this is going well. I haven't even started reading my notes. <laughs> it's been a role reversal. Nicole is me today. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm just, uh, it started, I was all ready for work this morning. Everything was good. I got there on time. Hey. And, uh, which never happens. Mm-hmm. And um, my job's pretty great. They're, as long as I get my hours, they're pretty lenient. But, um, yeah, I got there on time. I had to go get my mom strawberries because Easter dinner and stuff, she made strawberry shortcake or angel food cake. Is that still strawberry shortcake? I don't, know. I don't freaking fine. know. I don't eat it. Just I just, cake. there's a lot of cheesecake upstairs that I'm going to eat before I go to sleep tonight. Um, but yeah, then these people stole some of our gifts at work and then we got them back and they didn't understand and it was just a little frustrating. <laughs> And I got really mad about that. And then other people were being rude and I was just feeling throat punchy. <laughs> and I said that to my supervisor and he took like a half step away from me. <laughs> my supervisor is the bomb.com. I love him so much. But yes, so yay, John in Wyoming. And then our wonderful friends in Indonesia. We're Appreciate you. Keep we, listening and we, keep telling other people about us, please. Yes. Rate and review. I'm going to start really pushing that because that's mm-hmm. what builds our numbers in the charts because we're ranked really high in India, which still blows me away. Um, So yeah, go rate and review. And I've got some new podcast friends um, that have been rating and reviewing and I'm going to be getting into theirs and hopefully I'll get some more ads um, because I always um, add a friend at the end of the episode to you go to you. Oh my God. I'm just, just for you to chat out and go listen to them, Mm -hmm. go listen and show them love. My God. Okay, let's talk about sad things. Sad things. Ooh, lame. So this is the case of Linda Lou Charbonneau. And Linda I had a look. Lou. I like it. You won't. I won't, okay. but I like the name I'm, right now. This is another Nate episode. Thanks, it's always, Nate. It's always a Nate episode. Nate's the bee's knees. That dude's, he's, he should just be our Twitter manager because he tags us in every podcast suggestion. I love him so much. He's fantastic. So. And it is Charbonneau, because I had to look, I listened to um, a story on her on YouTube. So I was like, is it Charbonneau or Charbonneau? And it's Charbonneau. Interesting. She was born February 9th, 1948, you know, the other day. Mm -hmm. 
Haven't done that in a while either. Man. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot about her home life when she was young. Just that in one article it said that she'd led a hard life up to her first husband and um, life was just difficult for her. That's it. It's like nothing about her childhood. Just life was not great to that point. So she's got a real record with her husbands. Um, her first one died in a car accident leaving her alone with two children to raise. One was a daughter named Melissa, who is a pretty big part of this story as well. And I believe she had another son, a son, but it didn't state for sure if it was a son or a daughter. Granted, you can't, I, I can just assume it was a son or a daughter. I don't fucking know. Okay. Hi, Zoe. Hi, Zoe. We have another audience member, my dog, but she can't say hello. Well, she could. She could, but we're not going to get into that. So, it was said that she met a man named John Charbonneau, who was born on Christmas 1939. Charbonneau or Charbonneau? Charbonneau. Okay, let's it. get it right, sister. Charbonneau. <laughs> and they quickly married and lived a pretty quiet life for 20 years. Okay. 20 years. 20. They Did ended they up, have any more children? Yes. Okay. They Sorry. had a child together over the course of their marriage. Um, once again, it wasn't... I looked on, like, four or five different articles, and it wouldn't state if they had a son or a daughter. Well, but they they said life was content with them, mm-hmm. and but then in ni- 1997, Linda all of a sudden was like, yeah, I'm done with you, and she leaves him to marry his nephew. Ooh. So his nephew's name is Billy Sprouts. He was born <laughs> um, November 27th, 1955, so he was only seven years older than her, whereas her Younger. John was quite a bit old, almost 10 years older than her. So... It was speculated as life did go on for Linda that it, if she was she wasn't impressed with her financial situation, so in leaving John, she moved on to Billy without any notice. It seems she was just like, "Bye, going to go fuck your nephew, peace." Because that's or to continue to fuck your nephew because I'm sure she'd already. So in leaving John, she moved on to Billy with oh yeah, uh, I I was like I pulled several articles and it was mostly about how this a murder ends up unfolding, and I was like there wasn't much details about their relationships just that linda wanted money and wasn't liking wasn't getting it by like i don't know working (laughs) so what was billy doing i'm not really i don't know but she goes back and forth between these two men she's still divorces john legally marries billy but she still goes back and forth whenever she gets bored with one of them Hmm. and they were just like chill uncle and nephew sharing this wife (laughs) and if you if you a look her up or b see her when we post her pictures I don't get it. Wow. She's heavily unappealing, in my opinion. So, we've I'm, known people like that, though, and apparently they just got magic vaginas. So. Yeah, well, the, I was watching a, a bunch of true crime shows yesterday, and Eileen Wernos came on, and I thought that would actually be kind of a fun Patreon one to do. Okay. Since she's really big, like a lot of people know her story, but I'm like, but then again, a lot of people don't. Because I, I don't know want her story. Yeah. So. The, uh, the movie Monster with Charlize no, Theron. I'm just kidding. I do know that story. Yes. <laughs> just don't know that name off the top of my head. Yeah. She was... Um, yeah, she was... Not yeah, but so maybe maybe not looks-wise, but yeah, she but can have that magic pussy. Yeah, I know someone so. who's apparently we've heard like that. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to go to Delaware, mm-hmm. which is where this takes place. So <laughs> hi, Ashley. No, Amanda? Shit. Oh, man. Somebody with an A. Oh, I think it's Amanda. Doesn't matter. Delaware. Hi, Delawareans. <laughs> Delawareans. Hi, we love you so much. Oh, my God. No, it's going to bother me if I don't remember what her name oh, is. Oh, goodness. I'm fine. Amanda. I was right. Amanda, the second name. Amanda in Delaware. Hi, I love you so much. Hi. So much, and I'm sorry I said Ashley. God bless it. It's fine. So, 
Going to Delaware, um, most of this, the case takes place there. They all originated from Vermont, but made their way to Delaware, where the story's going to unfold. Linda was a very confused woman, I believe, because she was done with John, then we go to Billy, then back to John, and back and forth several times, like I said. And then we're going to jump to September 23rd, 2001, in Mills, Millsboro, Delaware, and John goes missing. Poof. Gone. Out of trace. Oh, boy. Into thin air. So Billy immediately became super, super suspicious of Linda's actions and mannerisms, along with her daughter, Melissa, and her daughter, Melissa's boyfriend, Willie Brown. <laughs> so um, he felt they had a hand in his Uncle John's disappearance. He said that um, he even said that he had speculation that his uncle was killed, even though that w- there wasn't any proof of that right away. Well, Bill- maybe he just, yeah, he sounds possibly like he's not a guy that's just going to. Disappear out of nowhere. He's he's gonna let people know. Sweet puppy, Billy um, had seen blood on some items, but also saw Linda was gutting out John's house. It was said that she even took out the kitchen cabinets in his home. Like, so she doesn't even care that he's disappeared. Disappeared. She's like, I'm gonna just clean out his whole house, Mm. even though we're not married anymore, because I'm literally with his nephew. Uh, Makes perfect sense. So that's that was September 23rd. So now we're gonna move to October 17th. 2001, I ended up counting because I wanted to know how many days apart this was. And it was 24 days after John's disappearance, Billy has now gone missing as well. So, uncle gone, boom, Billy's gone. Hmm. Missing. No trace, nothing. No leads on John's disappearance, and now Billy's gone. Um, Investigators were heavy into John's disappearance, and a few days after Billy went missing, they were at John's home and found an area in the yard that looked as if it had been disturbed recently, because, you know, casual. Do it somewhere where they're going to look. Sorry. (laughs) Not that I'm trying to give people ideas. But we've given you the ideas, and make sure you plant endangered plants above. Over over them, so they can't dig it up. So they, of course, dug up the area, because they didn't do that in the yard, and Billy's body was recovered. So Billy is now deceased. John. Yeah, okay. but John is still missing okay. for a while. Um, for a while? Yeah, so he will. we will eventually find him. Okay. <laughs> um, an autopsy would reveal that not only had Billy died of multiple stab wounds, blunt force trauma to his head, but also of asphyxiation as dirt was found in his lungs, indicating that he was buried alive oh and was able to breathe before he succumbed to his injuries and passed. Ooh, so I don't know how many days. Sorry, I don't know buddy. if it was very long that he was buried, but I know some people can be buried alive for a while until they die. That's why some cemeteries have bells on them in case people woke up. Mm -hmm. So, investigators had to solve John's disappearance before they could move on to Billy's death, which means they had to specifically rule out that John wasn't alive, therefore unable to be involved with Billy's murder. So they couldn't say, oh, John disappeared, and then he came back and killed him and then left again. Boom! Mexico. I don't know why I chose that. But anyways... All the while this is going on, Melissa and Willie decided to, you know, have a great idea and just get married. While, you know, all of their, her, so it would be her cousin and her uncle? Yeah? No. That wouldn't make sense. Melissa's, Linda's daughter. So it would be her, her former. Her stepdad. I guess they were both her stepdad, because I don't, because Melissa was from the first husband. So, yeah, both her stepdads are dead. Or, one's dead, one's missing. Spoiler. Um, it wasn't clear as if they were married at the time of the arrest, as Melissa's last name was listed as Rusinski, I think. Rakinski? Sure. It was a... Pil- t- t- bleh, I'm fine. It was a potential tactic so they wouldn't be able to testify against one another, one article theorized. 
So, but, oh man. By go. July of 2002, investigators only had a little bit of info, but were keeping a very close eye on the three suspects because they couldn't arrest them because they didn't have enough evidence, enough evidence or, or proof mm -hmm. to pin it on them. Melissa's ex-husband, John Rosinski, I'm going to go with that, informed investigators that in the fall of 2000, prior to the divorce of Linda and John, both Linda and Melissa had made comments about, quote, getting rid of John, unquote. Um, as time went by, the police were able to arrest Willie, Melissa's husband, on separate charges and decided to drill him again about John's disappearance and Billy's death. And it appeared, okay, it appears that he had all but readily confessing that while he all but did the murders, Melissa had helped and was involved also, as well as Linda, who apparently ran the show, according to Willie. Willie then led investigators to John Charbonneau's body. After an autopsy, it showed that he died of blunt force trauma and a skull fracture, and all three were arrested on, arrested, I'm fine, arrested on murder where, charges where was immediately. It was, I think it was like a few counties over. If I remember, just buried, too. Just buried, too, yeah. But he didn't... It wasn't asphyxiation. Gotcha. Like, he was... Like, they transported his gotcha. body somewhere else. So, Willie wasted no time and took a plea deal ne nearly immediately and as it was offered. And it's not that he should be treated any, like, different. But he kind of gets fucked over in yeah. the end because... Okay, I'll get there. I'm fine. But it would result in him having to testify against his wife and mother-in-law exchange for two life sentences without parole instead of, because uh, to help him avoid the death penalty. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa would also end up getting a deal, uh, the daughter, and she had told her story, although it, it absolutely didn't match Willie's. <laughs> and there was, um, this is where there would be a problem later. Melissa apparently admitted to help getting rid of the bodies, but not the actual murders themselves. But Willie also stated he, he didn't hit either of the men, causing the blunt force injuries. Melissa's deal would also mean that she would have to testify against her mother. And she ended up pleading guilty to second-degree murder in the death of John and conspiracy to commit murder in the death of Billy. And she would receive a 25-year sentence. Personally, I don't think that's long enough, but whatever. Um, that's what I put in my notes. Uh, anyways, finally, after two years in April of 2004, Linda Charbonneau would go on trial for the deaths of her two husbands. While both Willie and Melissa had agreed to testify against her per their deals, plea deals, the prosecution um, only called Melissa to the stand. They didn't call Willie because their stories wouldn't match. Right. They were aware of the difference. Oh, I literally wrote that. Ha. Huh. They were aware of the difference in her and Willie's stories and felt Melissa's story was more intact than Willie's was. His was all willy-nilly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Palette cleansers. The defense apparently attempted to call Willie to the stand, but it wasn't clear if he did take the stand. Um, this was out of the, one of the articles that I used continually. He would just plead the fifth because, you know, and I even put in here, which meant he wasn't going to testify at all, going against everything in their plea deals. Right. Um, being difficult for no reason other than to be a general fuckhead, is what I wrote here. Apparently his agreement was to only... You mean that wasn't in the actual article you wrote? No, it, it, it huh. actually was in the court documents. My bad, guys. That was verbatim quote in the court documents. Um, apparently his agreement was to only answer questions from the prosecution... I'm fine. Prosecution, not the defense. So, when it came down to it, prosecution... You can do that? You can... You can... Oh, okay. If you make you a specific plead, deal... You just plead the fifth the whole time. Okay, that makes... All right. Interesting. I've yeah, because they probably coached him with what he needed to say. It would be my guess. Yeah, 100%. I just never... 
thought about I will only I didn't know you could sign I will only speak to this lawyer yeah, and I'm that, gonna not answer any of the other very questions very interesting okay so cute. Okay. Prosecution stated John Charbonneau was murdered for the simple reason of greed for his money, specifically his social security checks, because he was a, quite a little, like, almost 10 years older than Linda. Billy apparently became too suspicious, and it was stated, it was stated, and he was simply murdered to keep him quiet. It was said that Billy was buried on John's land, specifically hoping that investigators, who obviously could not find John, would possibly believe that John had been Billy's murderer. But he was dead <laughs> the whole time. They so. that up, didn't they? Yeah. The defense would claim, and even Linda's family would also come to believe, the murders were solely executed by Melissa and Willie due to their inconsistent stories that couldn't seem to match up in any way. <laughs> Most of the evidence... Um, against Linda came from Melissa's testimony that was not the totality that they had, nor did they feel a reasonable person would believe the defense theory. Um, There were several points made. Um, John Rosinski's testimony that both Melissa and Linda approached him long before it was believed that Willie Brown was even in the picture, stating, you know, they were talking about, oh, we want to get rid of John. Mm. He's just, we just need his money and he just needs to go. There was also evidence that Billy told police before he died that Linda was involved in clean in the cleaning out of John's house. There was also blood in a vehicle that was owned by Willie um, at the time of John's disappearance. But later, but later he sold that car to Linda with the blood still in it without any type of cleaning tried to be made of it. And it wasn't clear if the blood was ever to be tested, unfortunately, to see whose it was. Um, what? <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Prosecution had full belief that Linda was absolutely involved, and the jury believed the prosecution, and she was found guilty in both murders, as well as two counts of conspiracy, I can't read, to commit murder and a charge of possessing a deadly weapon during a felony. So on June 4th, 2004, the judge in the case handed down two death sentences, plus an additional 30 years of the other charges. She became the only woman at the time on Delaware's death row. So she was given death penalty. Okay. Yes. Good. So I put sadly in 2006 an appeals court over appeals court court. I can't do this. Overturned Linda's conviction. They did so on the basis that the prosecution had not called Willie Brown and he had not been compelled to testify for the defense, even though he wouldn't. The appeals court felt that Willie Brown testimony could have possibly showed reasonable doubt to the jury and could have affected the verdict or the sentence that Linda received. This idea came from what the courts determined were Willie and Melissa's proffered testimony because, or basically this is the testimony that is technically under oath in the courtroom or in a legal deposition in some way, but not in front of the actual jury. So defense had also argued that there were inconsistencies between Melissa's testimony and, um, and what she testified at the trial because she ended up like being completely, um... Oh, what is the word? She wasn't going along with their plea deal. She's like, oh, I'm not going to do what I said I was going to do originally. So prosecution had planned to take the case back to trial, but their first and biggest roadblock was when Melissa refused to now testify against her mom. So as the trial began in 2007, Linda was offered a plea deal herself after they adjusted her um, death sentence. (laughs) She uh, pled guilty to second-degree murder when it came to John and the charges for in Billy's case were dropped. She was sentenced to 20 years in prison. For her refusal to testify in the second trial, Melissa received an additional five months 
to her sentence. All three currently remain in Delaware's prison system today, although it appears in 2016 Melissa attempted to have her sentence commuted. It is unclear if that is still within the courts and or what the grounds for this action was. Currently, Linda is scheduled to be released in July of 2022, so next year, while Melissa is scheduled in September of 2023, but Willie has no release date due to his plea of life without parole, which is epic. I feel is not fair. Um, they should all stay in rot, in my opinion. And I'm like, two men died for absolutely no reason except for greed. And but why don't I understand why Linda, right? Linda. Yeah, Linda Lou Charbonneau. Why? They reduced her to second degree murder because they still they don't know who hit these guys. Willie needs to fucking just be like, this is what fucking happened. This is what went down. Mm-hmm. And these bitches. ladies were like, no, we want to take these guys out because we want their money. And they were going to give me a cut of it. Or, and they're I'm not sure. getting any money. Yeah, they're, they're not. not. Jack shit. So no, like, and when they get out, I'm like, they better not stay in Delaware. That is not a big state. Or stay in Delaware. Or stay in Delaware. Sorry, sorry Amanda. Sorry. No. And then, <laughs> and then let people know that they're out. And then, then you Delaware folk take care of it. Yeah. Do what needs to be done. Do Yeah, do your own civil justice. So mm-hmm. if you, um, do you want to look up a rabbit hole? Because we've got some time here. Yeah, you read through that quickly. I really, I always do. Especially, it's, and especially with how much I couldn't read. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I struggled so much because I am a tired mongoose. Yeah. Pregnancy fatigue is hitting hard. I thought it was going away. And they're like, oh, it'll fade in the second trimester. I'm like, when? <laughs> it's been know. six weeks. <laughs> oh, hi, Zoe, Zoe, Zoe. Hi, sweet fluffer butt. Okay. Ooh, well, ooh. I don't know what it'll be, so this will be exciting. Hey, hey, I don't know what it'll be either. <gasps> then I'm dumb. I mean, I have an idea. It doesn't mean I've read through Sorry it. if you guys can hear my dog's gross mouth noises. She's heard her licking my hand. Breathing earlier. Okay, guess big. where I got this information from? Rad Rinker? Rad Ranker. Rad. I was mm-hmm. going to say ran, Radker, but Ranker. <laughs> isn't it Ranker.com? Ranker.com. Weird history. Come sponsor us. Ranker.com. So okay. We use a lot of your... So art. we so are going to jump into Wild West stories that sound made, made up, but they aren't. <sighs> Zoe, stop. Okay. We're and good. again, this is from Ranker.com. Wild West stories? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, people think we're in the Wild West because Makes we're sense. Kansans. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they think I I mean I've known people who thought we still use carriages and stuff. Like <laughs> I'm like, no, we we don't. <laughs> I mean There's definitely <laughs> communities who do, but they're typically like Amish or something. That was another option. I could have done an Amish thing, but um uh, we'll save that for <laughs> for next time. Cause I love Amish. I watched all those shows when the Amish people like leave. Alright. Zoe, mouth noises. So here we go. An outlaw who escaped the gallows by visiting the outhouse? Might sound like a tall tale, but this and other weird Wild West stories are true. Western movies get certain things wrong uh, about the Old West and make some funny Wild West crimes sound like Hollywood inventions, but Wild Bill Hickok really did shoot a man for insulting his nose. Wild Bill Hickok. Mm Mm-hmm. Why was Jesse James called Dingus? Huh. Did Sitting Bull and Annie Oakley become friends? These weird Wild West facts make the West seem even wilder. I'll send you in case you want to send some pictures. Yeah, because okay. there's not very many pictures of the Charbonneau okay. humans. Geronimo ran at soldiers in a zigzag pattern until he got close enough to use his knife. Nifty. Before he became leader of the Apache. 
of the Apache, Geronimo didn't know how to use a rifle. So instead, he used a daring method to go after his armed enemies. Nice. Mexican soldiers had massacred Geronimo's wife and children. Aww. So he vowed revenge. Sorry, it looked like my phone was going to try to kick me out. Okay, so he vowed revenge on the soldiers. One night, Geronimo heard the mountain spirits tell him, You will never die in battle, nor by gun. I will guide your arrows. Fuck yeah. I like mountain spirits. I want some mountain spirits. Help me. (laughs) (laughs) Later, in a fight against Mexican soldiers, Geronimo refused to rain arrows down on the armed soldiers from a safe distance. Instead, he rushed the enemies, running in a zigzag pattern so they couldn't fire at him. When he got close enough, Geronimo went after the soldiers with a knife, took their rifles, and ran back to his fellow Apache. Their rifles? Did I say rifles? I meant rifles, if that's what I said. I apologize. Take their wives and their rifles. I'm a wife. I'm taking it all. Maybe your rifle. <laughs> and ran back Gosh. to his fellow Apache. <laughs> the pattern repeated so many times that Mexican soldiers started yelling, Geronimo, when the Apache charged oh. at them. Okay, so all I could think about is like how his family was massacred. My name is Geronimo. You killed my family. Prepare to die. Shauna's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I love me, that princess right. Okay, Chief Sitting Bull sent $65 and a messenger to Annie Oakley's hotel room to get her autograph. Oh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Chief Sitting Bull was the leader of the Lakota, who Lakota. helped defeat General George Custer at Little Bighorn. Mm, custard. But... <laughs> Sorry. It, it was custard. There's cheesecake upstairs, and I can't fine. stop thinking about it, because that's exactly... Get it. I will after we're done. But even, <laughs> but even Sitting Bull was impressed with Annie Oakley's shooting. In 1884, Sitting Bull watched Oakley perform in Minnesota. After seeing the show, the chief sent $65 to Oakley's hotel room, hoping for a signed photograph of her sharp of the sharpshooter. Well, that's so random. But Oakley rejected the offer. Instead, she asked Sitting Bull to meet with her. Oakley later recalled, the old man was so pleased with me, he insisted upon adopting me, and I was then, and it was then and there, christened uh, Watanya Cecilia, or Little Sure Shot. Watanya Cecilia? W-A-T-A-N-Y-A, Watanya. Yeah, Watanya. And then Cecilia, C-I-C-I-L-L-A. I would say Cecilia. That's fine. Which means Little Sure Shot. Later, Sitting Bull and Annie Oakley got to know each other better as part of Buffalo Bill Cody's Wild West show. Nice. He is a dear, faithful old friend, and I have great respect and affection for him, Oakley wrote. Aw, what a weird friendship. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, is this hard? No, I just, every time I see his picture of Billy the Kid, I'm like, he was a weird-looking dude. <laughs> okay, Billy the Kid was wanted in 1881 for shooting a sheriff in Nebraska and another man in New Mexico in a New Mexico was saloon. Was deputy? Running from a $500 bounty on his head, Billy was eventually trapped and put on trial. Yeah. The trial didn't go Billy's way. The judge found Billy guilty, saying the outlaw would hang until he was dead, dead, dead. I love it. Billy responded, you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> That's Sassy. Xander. Okay. <laughs> oh, I farted. <laughs> his deal with the ga- hey, I hope you guys heard that. His so deal with the gallows set. Billy the Kid pulled off a daring escape. Oh. On April 28th, 1881, he asked the deputy guarding his jail cell to take him to the outhouse. Once free from the cell, the outlaw pulled off his handcuffs, took the deputy's firearm, and did away with the deputy, knowing the sheriff would be after him. <laughs> Billy hid on the roof of the courthouse. When so the sheriff it. ran up, Billy yelled, Look up, old boy, and see what you get. Then he fired on the sheriff. He 
Um, his escape nearly complete, Billy the Kid took a horse and hit the road. So he shot the sheriff the road, and the Jack. deputy. <laughs> Indeed. Woof. Okay. Wild West Saloon sold um, strychnine and turpentine, <laughs> turpentine to thirsty cowboys. Um, Zoe's throwing up. That was not me. That was the dog. Did she throw something up? No. She wanted to, but she didn't. This is why you shouldn't eat ham. Strick, or chocolate. Strychnine? Yeah. That was, I think that was in our last case. I think that's one of the things turpentine. they poisoned. Is it turpentine or turpentine? Turpentine. Um, okay. Yeah. That's like a cleaning, it's supposed to be like a cleaning product, but you can use it to poison people. Indeed. Cowboys, prospectors, and miners weren't too picky about their alcohol beverages. At one saloon in Sierra Nevada, saloon sold tarantula juice, which contained strychnine and strychnine wasn't the only harmful ingredient in the drink tarantula juice also contained wood grain alcohol distilled from turpentine or turpentine or turpentine so he just burped in my mouth hey gross what happened to men who ordered tarantula juice the strychnine gave them a burst of energy similar to the body response to methamphetamine (laughs) i knew it as drinkers processed the concoction their skin would begin to crawl oh, as oh, the no. tarantulas were running up and down their arms the <laughs> sensation was <laughs> often followed by muscle spa- spasms and lockjaw Ooh, oh fucking god right Why i mean drink it on purpose get have a little help from my juice tarantula juice mm-hmm. oh okay calamity jane was yeah. immune to smallpox which allowed her to care for stricken minors Probably why she's called Calamity Jane. Freaking good for you, Calamity. Smallpox was a serious disease in the Old West, but one Wild West legend survived smallpox and used her immunity to the disease to care for others. As a child, Calamity Jane came down with smallpox and barely survived. Wow. Years later, an outbreak, an outbreak, an outbreak, an outbreak. Mm-hmm. Struck Deadwood. Although she had no <laughs> training as a nurse, Calamity Jane took care of eight sick miners. An eyewitness even declared Jane as a perfect angel sent from heaven when any of the boys was sick. Huh. And Deadwood wasn't the best place to catch smallpox. I can't... Damn it. <laughs> and by packs, I meant pox. <laughs> sick people were quarantined in tents without uh, access to running water. That word just makes me twitch now. Quarantine. Instead of abandoning the sick, Calamity Jane treated them with herbs and Epsom salt. She even pulled a gun to make sure the men had groceries and water. Five of Jane's patients survived, and the town's doctor declared that without Calamity, Jane's nursing, all eight would would have perished. Oh, thanks, Calamity Jane. You would think that would be like a negative thing to be called Calamity Jane. I guess Calamity, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) In the 1890s, William Crush had an idea. He worked for a railroad and wanted to entertain people by driving two locomotives into each other. On the pop-up town of Crush, Texas, on September 5th, 1896, his plan became a reality when 40,000 spectators flooded the area, temporarily making it the state's second biggest city. The Galveston Daily News reported men, women, and children, lawyers, doctors, merchants, farmers, artisans, clerks, representing every class and every grade of society, were scattered around over the hillside or clustered around the lunch stands. Disgusting. My eyes jumped. I'm sorry. You were doing so great. I, I fucking thought about it, and then my brain said, you're done. <laughs> Disgusting with eager anticipation the exciting event that had, they had come so far to see. 
The train started just after 5 p.m. Oh, wow. The conductor started both trains before leaping to safety. The engines rushed toward each other, traveling at 50 miles per hour, and then they slammed into each other. A sound of timbers rent and torn, and then a shower of splinters, reported one witness. There was just a swift instant of silence, and then, as if controlled by a single impulse, both boilers exploded simultaneously, and the air was filled with flying missiles of iron and steel varying in size from a postage stamp to half a driving wheel. Holy shit. Falling indiscriminately and on the just and unjust, the rich and the poor, the great and the small. Two people perished, and many oh. other spectators... Spectators. Spectators. <laughs> Look at them spectators. They're all they're all singed. <laughs> We're hurt as debris flew from the collision. A photographer who snapped pictures even lost an eye. Ooh. As for the events organizer, the railroad company fired him, but as public but his publicity poured in from the event which made headlines around the world. The company rehired him. Well, was his new nickname Wink? No, oh, baby. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm so sorry. Okay, the army imported camels to Texas where they terrorized settlers across the West. Camels are freaking rad. I love camels. I used to say in Not school. the toe. Not the <laughs> Same. In 1855, the U.S. Army decided to import camels to Texas. The wide open spaces of the West were well suited for camels, so the government, brrr, nope, they bought 75 camels from the Middle East. Brunch. Lunch. <laughs> Spectators. Spectators. The camels worked at Camp Verde where they made supply runs to San Antonio. But a few years later, the Civil War disrupted the camel services when a government official decided to auction off the animals. Oh, The new owners sent some camels to Nevada and California. Other camels were simply set free. At first, camel sightings were rare. But in the 1880s, Arizona Territory faced a terrible menace known as the Red Ghost. The Red Ghost trampled one woman. Another story claimed the monster ate a grizzly bear. When miners spotted the red ghost and fired at it, a human skull fell from the creature's back. <laughs> I, was, I thought it said creators, but I the can't creators. read. It's fine. And by creators, I meant creatures. Creepy creatures. After years of terrorizing Arizona, the red ghost was finally taken out. The menace was actually a feral camel. Camel sightings in the West continued into the 20th century. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. A human skull from, from its back? That's, but I wonder if that's where Joe Camel came from. Huh. Cigarettes. Remember back in the day? Yeah. It was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday. Always a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buffalo Bill Cody performed at Queen Victoria's Jubilee, bringing hundreds of animals with him across the Atlantic. Wow. Buffalo Bill Cody made the Wild West into a show. And in 1887, Buffalo Bill took the Wild West on tour, traveling all the way to London to perform at Queen Victoria's Jubilee. He brought along more than 200 people, plus 180 horses, 18 buffalo, 10 elk, 5 Texas steers, 4 donkeys, and 2 deer. And a partridge and a pear tree. Yes. <laughs> Once in Great Britain, the show nearly caused a diplomatic incident when Annie Oakley reached out to huh. shake hands. Hey, we're going to... Annie's coming back around, hey yo. Don't leave out the women. Hey when she reached out to shake hands with the Prince of Wales, but the future King Edward the Sixth was so charmed by the show that he encouraged Queen Victoria 
to come in person to see it. Crowds of 30,000 came to the performances, oh, eager to see the Wild West up close. So that makes sense. Buffalo yeah. Bill Cody was a forward-thinking showman. When asked whether he supported voting rights for women, Cody said, set that down in great big black type of Buffalo Bill favorite. What? Set that down in great big black type that Buffalo Bill favors women's suffrage. Adding, these fellows who prate about the women taking their places make me laugh. If a woman can do the same work that a man can do and do it just as well, she should have the same pay. Well, good job. I, yeah. I agree with that. So, interesting. So they took Wild West Adventures to Great Britain That this, and I think that's pretty cool because people still come to Dodge and yeah. they'll be greatly disappointed. Sorry. I love Save your money. We've um, taken people to the scenic over. Don't fucking come just... to Dodge to see the fucking shows. They're bullshit. Sorry. Love. Nope. Not sorry. <laughs> love to save you money, so don't waste your money. <laughs> yeah, because our scenic overlook is literally just looking at our fields of cows and it smells bad. <laughs> yes. We have a, a family tradition going. Uh, my Aunt Erin started it because there's a bench out there and she stood on it and she plugged her nose. And then Bernie came and she plugged her nose sitting on that bench. And then Jamie came and she plugged her nose. So we've got an ongoing ongoing tradition with all our family from Illinois. The first thing I did when I came to visit my mom here. And I was yeah. like, what the? Mm -mm. It's a smell of money. All right. <laughs> Number nine. Nine, 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 nine. The Legend of Wild Bill Hickok started in 1861. That year, Hickok worked for the Pony Express in Nebraska. Oh. During a confrontation with a customer, Hickok fired at the man. It was the famous lawman's first slaying. Oh. What drove Hickok? That is just hard for me to say. Hickok. The customer called Hickok Duck Bill, a taunt about Hickok's pointy nose. Uh -oh. The shooting claimed the lives of three men and put Hickok on trial. But the court acqu acquitted Hickok. Holy shit, say that three times. Now. Court acquitted Hickok. <laughs> <laughs> Who went on to fight another day. According to the other stories about the Old West legend, Hickok wrestled a bear, and fired at the center of the letter O on a poster from 50 yards away six times in a row. With a reputation like that, few men wanted to get into a confrontation with Wild Bill Hickcock. All I could think of Hickory and Okay. This will be my last one. Number 10. Fantastic. Everyone feared Jesse James, the man who raided trains, stagecoaches, and banks. According to popular song, James was bold and bad and brave. But James had an unusual nickname. Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> the nickname came from the outlaw's teenage years. In June of 1864, James swiped a saddle from a farmer who fired at him. Oh. Later the same month, he was still recovering. Jesse accidentally blew off his own finger while cleaning a revolver. Oh, oh, ding it, ding it. How it hurts, James hollered. His family had gave Jesse the nickname Dingus in response. <laughs> ding oh, it, ding he... it. How it hurts. Ding it, ding dingus. Easy so... there, Dingus. Oh, um, there are more, but we can be done. <laughs> There's always more, but we can be done. We so can just be go check done. out Ranker.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, sponsor us. <laughs> Use all or don't because then it, then you're gonna be like oh fuck it I already read this Sean I don't want to hear this shit and then <laughs> be like and but at least you've listened to some of our podcasts so if you turn it off by the time I start speaking I get it it's fine oh my gosh <laughs> okay I, I so check us out on um, oh yeah um, intro sound 
Um, first off, thanks for listening, guys. Oh, yeah, thanks. We're almost to 50 episodes, <laughs> and we told you episode 50 is going to be real special because the OG Kelly is coming hey, back. we love her. Yep, I her. told her last night. I'm like, we got about three weeks because we're, this is, uh, I think I said 48. No, is it? Yep. So that'll be two weeks from now. Yep. Oh, snaps. Yeah, because this, this is episode four. Holy shit, 48 episodes. It's mm-hmm. bananas. Banana pants. Banana pants. But yes, Miss Kelly's coming back. So be excited for that. So I've got to I've got to put together a really good case for us because it'll be exciting. Yes. But um, yes. Until then, um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Bloody Babbles Podcast, Twitter's Bloody Babbles. Send us an email at our Gmail, Bloody Babbles Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, our intro sound is our fantasy and world music by the Fighters on the YouTubes. So go check them out. Um, always go listen to, I always add a friend at the end. I never know which friend I'm going to add. I finally wrote everybody's promos that I have down, and I actually found two that I haven't used in a while. So make sure you go show them some love, even if it's just um, uh, going and like listening to like an episode or two. Any play is a good play. Yes. And who knows, you may fall in love with a new podcast. Cause Fantastic. That's what the we- <laughs> Weekly Variety came for me, and I love those girls so freaking much. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so thanks again. Hey, also guys. our friend Dawn, she um she shaved her head. So oh, she, she did and she looks beautiful. She looks she fucking rocks it. Like, you've got a beautiful, beautiful. dome. Aww. So she is still trying to kick cancer's ass, so she's still gotta do her treatments and stuff. So please keep sending out those positive vibes Good for her. Good vibes, prayers, anything um, that you do, send them to our beautiful Dawn. Yeah. We love her so much, and um, much appreciation for those who keep reaching out to her and loving on her and just sending those positive vibes. Yes. I didn't, I didn't see that she had changed Yeah, you'll have to check it out. No, she, looks, to go she looks creep. amazing. She looks so but, good. Awesome. Well, um, that is it, everybody. So until next time, Babylon! Have you ever wondered who would make the sexiest zombie? Matt Damon. Pepper me with your Damon teeth all up on me. What would happen if your penis was where your head should be? They have to have something to look at, like a face, that would eventually become my face. (laughs) The Center Cut, a podcast where Michael and Dave only watch the beginnings and ends of your favorite movies and TV shows and try to figure out the middle. Just search The Center Cut everywhere you find podcasts. And remember, it's always better in the center.